When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Welcome to episode 65 of Tendy Talk, presented by the BLPA and the Hockey Podcast Networks. I'm your host, Joe, better known as Wash Up Goalie on social media. This week, I chat with Boston University goalie coach, author of How to Be a Goalie Parent and Hockey Goaltending, founder of Stop It Goaltending, and if that wasn't enough, director of goaltending development for Sense Arena, Brian DeCord. There are so many good nuggets of information in this episode, so without further ado, Let's get to the conversation with Brian. Brian, thanks for joining me uh, tonight. I appreciate you taking time out of uh, your busy duties and uh, spending some time with me and my my listeners. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah, so I I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to any other episodes, but uh, very much like the guys on Ingle, I always like to talk to people and find out, you know, how did you get started with the game of hockey? Not just goaltending, but hockey in general. Yeah, I'd say it was probably, I grew up in Montreal. A lot of people, since I've been in the States here for about 25 years, a lot of people think I'm American, but I'm really Canadian. And I grew up in Montreal and really fortunate we had a backdoor, a backyard rink. Mm -hmm. So... We, it was awesome. The, the boards were about three feet high. We had chicken wire down at the end. We had two floodlights, so one for each side. And and our place was the place to go in the neighborhood in the wintertime, you know. So it was nonstop, just spending time out there in the backyard rink. And, and just, uh, God, I can't even imagine how much time my dad spent snow plowing and, and taking care of that and, and making sure it was good for us. So uh, my father played actually for the junior Canadians back in the day. He was a big centerman and, and my brother played at Princeton. He was a little older than me. So uh, my brother was a goalie. And then at one point 
he decided that he didn't want to freeze his butt off because just to tell you how old I am, we used to play at Beacon, Beacon Hill uh, rink, which was outdoor, and uh, he would freeze his butt off. So he, he got tired of that. So I got the equipment, and at the same time, we got a new rink in town, so I got to play indoors. <laughs> so it wasn't as bad as when he was playing. That, that sure helps. It's funny you say that because I'm supposed to play in an outdoor tournament uh, this weekend in St. Paul, and uh, thank God temperatures are – looking nice for this weekend we've been in a cold spell like 20 below here in minnesota and uh th- this weekend we're looking at about 20 above so a nice 40 degree swing in weather I'll, I'll probably have to put uh sunscreen on for it should be so much fun I, when i played in switzerland when i got over there in Omri piota actually one side was open at the top so you always had fresh air and it was it was really it was really cool to have to to be you know you're inside most of the way but you had that fresh air it it was a great combination actually they have a they have a brand new rink that just opened uh, a little while ago so um, so they just they just built a new arena there yeah there, there's a really cool rink in uh, the suburbs of uh, Minneapolis that it's an outdoor rink but they have like a cool like sun sunshade over it so you're outdoors but you're still covered from the sun but yeah just getting that cool breeze and fresh air it, it does make a difference yeah yeah it's awesome it's awesome yeah it's gotta be better, it's gotta be better for you too right oh yeah absolutely <laughs> well the, the rink the park i'm playing at uh this coming weekend I, I skated there two years ago in the same tournament and god it was just so much fun it's a really cool park in st paul it's all volunteer led and they have boards chain link behind the nets they have two rinks but they have an oval around both of them wow uh that's ice and then they have a great big open area off to the sides of uh the rinks for just open skiing then on the other side of the rinks they have a little area for pond hockey and they have a zamboni that's just every hour goes out and clears it all it's just an incredible little uh park right in the heart of saint paul and two years ago when we played there's a bar right down the block. So me and one of the other goalies walked into the bar in full equipment. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. You know, yeah. It's funny to think about from a development standpoint, the value of just going out and playing for hours. And mm-hmm. So Peter Masters is very well known in this area as a skills development guy. He runs the junior Bruins and, you know, perennial top team in the area. And we had a conversation about, uh, training once and, and he said what a what an exciting uh study it would be to take a group of you know 15 players and have them go to the rink every day and play pickup hockey mm-hmm. and then take 15 other players and do power skating and stick handling drills and train them Right. As opposed to the guys that are just doing the, the, the pickup every day yeah. and just finding a way how to protect the puck and finding a way to get to the net and finding a way how to, you know, see the ice. So it, it, it was a really interesting conversation. It was a, a, an interesting way to look at, okay, what would be better? You know, would it be just figuring things out on your own and competing against other kids or is it, Okay, this is this is how you turn. This is how you skate. So, yeah. pretty interesting. You know, it's funny you say that because last year we had the backyard rink, and I looked out there the one night, and some of the neighborhood kids they had set up cones and they were do you know 
nobody was making them, but they were doing their own little skating drills. So even with just left to their own devices, eventually they do do some of that stuff. Um, but, you know, I know for me, when I think back to some of my fondest memories on the ice, it's those unstructured times of just yeah. going out there, having some fun and, you know, being competitive with with each other without uh, the stress of, you know, having to skate some Herbies if we mess up. <laughs> yeah. And you get, yeah, you get to try anything you want to, right? You, yeah. You get to be, you get to be zegras, right? You get to do, do whatever you want to do and no one's going to give it to you. Or you're not costing your team or, you yeah. know, making the safe play. Yeah. It's, it's a, that, it's that, a great chance to get better. That Michigan goal didn't come out of a regular structured practice. It came out of pond hockey, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which, so here, here's here's what I think is next, right? And and I keep on selling this, and no no one's gonna no one's bought into this yet, and maybe you'll see it one day. But so you know when you got a guy in a half board on the power play, mm-hmm. and he's kind of dishing the puck and he throws it to the bumper or whatever, like he's got time. I'm just waiting for the guy in the half board to pick up the puck and lacrosse style shoot it on net on a bounce. <laughs> so you think because yeah. most of the time you're not going to have time to scoop the puck up and then take a bounce shot. Right. But from a goalie standpoint, that's a nightmare Yeah, to have a puck up here and then the puck going down and bouncing in front of you with traffic and bodies. And how do you control that? How do you control that rebound? And, and I thought, even you know, without traffic, point to point yeah, even without traffic, itself, where's it going to go? Don't know where it's go. Yeah, don't know where it's going to go. And so I, I'm waiting for that. I've been calling for that for like three years, and everybody looks at me like I got three heads. No, but someone's <laughs> going to do it, and then they're going to go. Hey, you know what? I think the court mentioned that a few years ago. You know, I, I'm all about more listeners to the podcast, but. Nobody share this one with Trevor Zegers because he's, kind of <laughs> he's the kind of guy that would try it, you know, like <laughs> on uh, one, one of the uh, shows that they refer to him as Spicoli. He's just got that uh, vibe yeah. to him. Like, yeah, it, you know, it is what it is. We're just out here having fun. But you yeah, think about I mean, that. You think about that goal. And then I'm sure that other coaches were the same as me where we got out like two days later, the next day, whatever. And just had a guy behind the net and just talking the goalies through going, okay, yeah, how do you want to play this? Yeah. Like, you know, what's the best way? Are you trying, are you going to try to get that puck before it gets to the stick? Are you going to try to knock that away? Or are you going to try to get big and gap out on where that, you know, shot is actually going to come from? Like it, it actually, you, we had some really good discussions on the ice about how you want to play it. And, and I think what we came up with the most part was you're trying to get a piece of that puck before it gets to the stick. Yeah. I, I think that, and that, you know, it goes back to when I was coaching high school hockey and I, I handled the defensemen, they got to have those sticks in check, you know, and not just on the ice, but when they're up in yeah, the air, yeah. they got to have those sticks in check and don't let them make, make that, uh, you know, let, let the pass go up, but don't let the guy in front have a chance to to send it back the other way into the net. Well, you think about the skill level now of these guys and, you know, you watch, I, I don't know, do you ever see the uh, Elevate 02 videos? Yep. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, 
look at the stuff that these guys can do with the stick. And, and you, I think you're going to see more and more of it come into the regular, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the regular up and down of, of a hockey game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and especially with more kids, uh, especially in the States playing lacrosse, you know, yes. as their off season sport, it, it's just becoming natural to them that, uh, yeah, I think you might see that lacrosse, uh, goal that you're you were talking about I, have you seen the video going around social media the, the last week or two of the rushing goalie coach talking about how he defends the um uh michigan goal and he no i, I didn't see it well he's out there in goalie equipment but not a goalie mask just has like the old ccm bucket on and you know he's speaking in russian at least i'm guessing it's russian i don't know i don't speak russian but uh there's subtitles and he's talking about, you know, how when he played, there was no chance to score the Michigan goal because he's just standing there with his arm on the crossbar, (laughs) you know, but his whole body to to the post, like, this is how we play wraparound, (laughs) you know, and he's just, and some guy comes and he just tries throwing it into the net and it's just hitting him in the, in the chest, you know, and obviously it's tongue in tongue in cheek, but I mean, when I was growing up, I, Granted, when I was going to goalie clinics as a kid, we were still learning how to make skate saves and two-pack stacks and all of that. But the idea was to hug the post. Uh, and, and I you, don't. So you're gonna la- you're gonna laugh at this though. I was on the ice at BU the other day. We were doing skate saves. <laughs> so and and what I was using it for it was a it was a whole edge day, right? Oh so yeah. We did, we did all this edge work before we got in the net. And then I said, okay, here we go. We're going to get on that outside edge. We're going to turn our skate out and we're going to make, and it, it was, oh, I love it. you know, it's, it's something different and you have yeah. a little fun with it and stuff like that. But the point was you're moving in a different way. You know, you can get in the whole neuroplasticity thing yeah. about, you know, just making your body do different things and, and extremely valuable just to be able to get on that outside edge. Right. Yeah. Like I, I find that overall, we've got a lot of goalies that are really good goalie skaters, but aren't necessarily very mm-hmm. good skaters. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, you know, we always say the goalie's got to be, be the best skater on the ice, but we're, to your point, for the most part, young goalies are really good goalie skaters. But if, if you take them to open skate, you know, take the exactly. pads off of them. Uh, and, and maybe that's what helped me is my high school job was skate garden. So <laughs> I got paid to skate around in circles and yell at little kids. And so well, if you think about it this way, I mean, everything's fine and dandy when everything's in control and perfect. Yep. But now all of a sudden you're getting bumped and you got to spin and you got to get up and you got to get back or more importantly, you know, it really shows up, especially as a scout, right? You're all, you always have a heightened sense of interest and a hard rim. Mm-hmm. because then you can really see how quick a goalie can skate and how well he can skate. Cause they got to, they, they've got to get back there. They've got to stop a puck, maybe hinge, make a play. And there's such a value to a goaltender that can play the puck, but you can't play the puck unless you can skate. Yep. Skating, skating is the real skill that comes into puck play. And, and a lot of people don't think about it that way. So you know, you really get a lot out of watching how a goalie gets to a rim and play a rim. You learn a, a lot about his skating and then, you know, what he can do in the, in the crease with that. So I, I've told this story on the podcast. I, I played Division three JV college hockey. Um, okay. And our rink at St. Mary's was an Olympic sheet. So we would practice, the you know, 
ripping the puck around and I have to come up and stop it and practice. Well, because it was an Olympic sheet, we had more room behind the net. So I was used to getting a good push. And then we go to, um, it was the Gustavus ice rink. They were slightly undersized from an NHL rink, kind of like the old Chicago stadium was kind of those real tight, tight corners, not deep. And there was about this much room behind the net. So the first rep, you know, time the puck comes bringing around the boards, I get this push and I'm used to my big push to get back. (laughs) I beat the puck there. Problem was I had such a hard push. I bounce off the boards and come fall back. The puck goes by me and I just look at the bench and my coach is laughing. And we, (laughs) we, we get to the locker room, uh, for intermission. He goes, I knew I forgot to tell you something about this rink. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know and, and and it's important at the higher levels it's important to know the rank it's important to know the kick plate and here's something really interesting that a lot of people don't realize a kick plate that yellow yep. you know kick plate that goes to the bottom of the boards the kick plate isn't like one continuous piece right it's multiple segments yep and where the segments meet usually have half four screws on each side, right? So it's actually drilled into the boards tighter than the rest of the kick plate. So if you have a shot from the point when they shoot off net to try to create, if they can, if if that puck hits where the two kick plates meet, that puck flies off the boards. Yep. And it's a really interesting it's a really interesting spot to know as a goalie, like if you understand um, where that where that kick plate meets, it will often tell you what what how it's going to uh, kick off and how quickly it's going to come back towards the net or towards you know over the goal line. Well, and to that point too, no, knowing your rinks to know maybe where they're not secured very well. Uh, the, the home rink I, I grew up playing in, the kick plate itself on the Zamboni door for obvious reasons would get a little loose every now and then. So if somebody ring the puck and it, it would hit that kick plate, it would come flying right out into the zone. So you had to be uh, mindful of that if they were coming from what would be my block or my glove side and that end. It was like- so, so yeah. You, so, so at Merrimack second period, all right. At that, at that time we, we were at the other end this time, this now I think they start in, in the end closest to the Zamboni door, but that Zamboni door was a disaster. Yeah. Like when, when you got a puck run in, you better be ready. And it was funny when you got new teams coming in there, they don't know that. And then all of a sudden they get caught once in a while. It's, it's, it's funny. Yeah. I, I forget the rink. I want to say it was Homewood Flossmoor growing up in high school. The gap between the Zamboni doors was bigger. And if you didn't know that, a lot of forwards got their sticks stuck in there. And then all of a sudden they're skating away without a stick and it's sticking up in the door like that. Uh, so you, you, you had to be a little more cautious going into that corner in that particular rink. And as you got older, what what we're talking about right now is is something that, you know, my primers, my, I I do a primer every morning on, on Instagram and, and, you know, this morning is, is differentiating factors. And this week is, is differentiating factors and, you know, using your brain and just, just knowing the ranks. Yep. Right. Just, you know, what's going to differentiate a, a, an elite goalie, a good goalie to an elite goalie that that elite goalie probably thinks a lot, you know, and, and, you know, you're talking about knowing your rank, knowing the opponent. Yep. 
all the little stuff that separates an elite guy from a good guy comes into the little things. And, and one of the, one of the points I was making this morning, I do the primer and then I, I have an Academy with, uh, with 16 goalies. And, you know, we, we, we go over the primer and we talk about it. And, and I was saying, Hey, you know, using your brain, a lot of that has to do with experience and you can get a lot of experience by watching, you know, you can only play X amount of games. You yep. can only go to X amount of practices, but by watching games and, and learning, learning the game, understanding um, the nuances changes everything. So like, you know, tomorrow's differentiating factor is going to be puck play and the next day it's going to be rebound control, the ability to kill pucks. You think about Pekka Rene a couple of years ago, just started catching pucks out in front of his pads mm-hmm. and that skill now getting up over the puck and catching in front of your pads and killing pucks and increasing your, your no rebound or your freeze rate it creates less time in the, you know, in your zone by the opponent, uh, more structure, line matchups. There's so much that, that goes into it. So I I guess my point is, you know, talking about rinks goes into goalies being students of the game. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because when I think of conversations I've had over the years with my teammates, you know, high school and college and, these are conversations I have with them now. When I talk to the other goalies, we're talking about, you remember that rink. You remember what the boards were like. You remember how, you know, the some of the stuff we're talking about, the, the way the, the space behind the net uh, or the neutral zone was smaller, e- even the benches, because I spent a lot of time on them. You know, but yeah, this, this, <laughs> this bench was higher. That, that one was, you know, far away. What, what was up with that? But when I talk to the forwards a lot of them are like yeah I remember this rink had really good nachos or I, I remember the locker room was cool there they, they don't remember the actual physical rink itself they just remember the ancillary things not, not what went into the game but we, we were always looking at that my my goalie coach as a kid you know he told us whenever you get to a new rink you gotta just go through your paces and see you know is the uh, face-off dot lining up with the little hash marks in the goal crease. You know, where's the blue line? You know, we had our little spots. He's like, always make sure because you're going to know. Notice when you go to a new rink, they're all slightly different. And going to be 41 years old here really soon. And every time I step on the ice, I still do that. Yeah, and that's and and little stuff like that can make a difference, right? Yep. Because remember, like, what's what's a good game? A good game – Hey, you stop 30 or 32. Mm-hmm. You give up one more goal. Now you've stopped 29 of 32. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you're talking about one shot. So all the little things that you can do. You know, today we talked a lot about momentum and understanding momentum. And, and it was funny because I hadn't, I hadn't thought about this for a long time, but Corey Schneider would always tell me an NHL game comes down to six minutes. He said, there are just small segments in a game where momentum will swing one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And if you're able to make a save during that time, then that was what you needed to do. And he said, so, so much of this, so much of the, the play is controllable. And then you get, you get in these small segments where one team starts to build momentum. And you know, when you watch a game, you can feel a goal coming. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And if you can do something to change that momentum, maybe you kill a puck and you take a whistle 
Maybe you make it make make a big save. Or maybe you're about to play a puck and you decide, you know what, I'm not gonna play it. And I'm gonna tie it up. I'm gonna slow this thing down. Like little stuff like that. And and it was really an interesting comment by him. He goes, if I can get by that six minutes, then I'm gonna be fine. Yeah, it, but, it's interesting because I think most goalies, we've had those feelings where you just, you're like, okay, th- things are going to get hairy here. It's Yeah, yeah, here we go. Just, you feel it and you're like, I got to be on top of my game more so than ever right now. Uh, because if I'm not, we're going to be down a goal. So I'm at a game, I'm at, a, at an NHL game yesterday and there's a 2 nothing lead, right? So it's uh, Charlotte playing Bridgeport, 2 nothing lead. And uh, Charlotte's got a power play and it's about, you know, halfway through the second period, a little bit past. And, and it's like, okay, if they put one away right now, now it's three, nothing It's Sunday afternoon, the back end of a back to back. And it's such a pivotal time. Mm-hmm. So Bridgeport kills off the penalty right as that penalty comes up, boom, transition, go the other way. They score a goal. Now it's two to one whole new ball game. Yeah. And it could so easily have gone three nothing at that point, and and it goes the other way, and and now it's a, now it's a dogfight for the rest of the game. So you know that's when you look at that time frame. You know, part of that six minutes would have been that power play and that goal, right? Maybe it lots to two minutes and thirty seconds or something. But if you look at that, going that was such a big part of that that two minutes, right? Two two and a half minutes was such a big part of that game totally compl- changed the uh, the complexion of the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I, I want to switch gears a little bit because you, you're multifaceted in that, yeah, you're a goalie coach, but you mm-hmm. also work with Sense Arena. And I think that has been a game changer for goaltending in the last, what, two, three years now. Uh, but Sense Arena came out at almost the perfect time for goalies when many of them were told you can't come to the rink anymore. Um, right during COVID, absolutely. You know, and I've talked to a few people about it, and they kind of agree. You know, the goalies that are were using Sense Arena during the shutdowns are clearly far and above the better goaltenders right now because they were getting those reps in without having to go to the rink. How valuable do you think the tool, not just for goalie training purposes, but I would almost say for the mental health of the goalie on one aspect, but how valuable do you think that tool has been just to keep goalies kind of focused during that time? Without a doubt. And, and, you know, because you're in the hockey environment while you're training. Right. So there's just so many good things about Sensorina. And and you look at that and the ability to train on your own. You don't need anybody. Yeah. You want to get a workout, you get a workout. And one of the biggest issues that we're having in goaltending is hip health, where the goalies are just, you know, left and right, torn labrums and impingement. And geez, everything's done on your feet. Yeah. In sense range. So you're getting all these reps without the wear and tear on your body. And, and the beauty is, the beauty of Sensorina 2 is not only does it have its traditional drills with the avatar with, with all the different types of drills, but then you put in your drills that are 360 video. Mm-hmm. 
And now you're watching the release. And playing goaltender, it's all about the ability to read a release, read a play. And it's pattern recognition. But you can't literally think and analyze when the play is going on. It has to be subconscious. So the easiest way to think about it is this. When you learn to drive a car, you're 16 years old. And you're checking the rear view mirrors every seven seconds. you got your hands in the right, you know, you're being very cautious. You're thinking about every part of how to drive and everything goes slower at that point. All your reaction time, everything's slower at that point. Now you go to the store to pick up something, you drive back. You don't even remember turning the ignition on. <laughs> yeah. And that's how we need you to play goalie. Well, we don't remember turning the ignition on because cars are so smart. They're like, you're in the car. We're turning ourselves on <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, we'll turn on. <laughs> you just sat down. We'll turn it on. Yeah. The ability to, to see over and over again patterns and releases, and then you're able to, to do that without any physical wear and tear on the body. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's just it's a game changer right it it gives you the ability to to continually get better mm-hmm. um on your own time and and put your put your work in and then the other side of it is is you talk about the mental health part right so for me the hardest part of playing goalie was anxiety pregame anxiety mm-hmm. i was absolutely miserable the day of a game from the time i was told i was starting till the time that, that I got my first shot, it was miserable. And then after that, I was fine. Yeah. And what you find with Sensorina is at any time that you feel anxious about the game, throw your Oculus Quest on, put it on. Yeah. Take some glove, take some blocker. We have a new drill called the cannon drill where you can set up exactly where that puck's going. Feel the puck. Go 10 minutes. Take it off. Now you feel better. Okay, here we go. I got, I got, I got some shots. I feel better. So, from a mental health standpoint, from an anxiety standpoint, it's great. And then the other thing is, you know, maybe let's say you're playing Minnesota high school hockey, and you play on a Saturday afternoon, and you got the one o'clock game, and maybe you don't practice till Monday at four, and that game doesn't go well. Yeah. So now you have to sit that feeling in your gut all the way from Saturday to Monday's practice until you can give yourself a cleanse and just cleanse that feeling away. Now what you can do is you can get home from the game or you can wake up on Sunday morning and you can say, okay, I'm going to go for a 30 minute workout. I'm going to go for a 40 minute workout. I'm going to go work. I'm going to cleanse this myself so I can move on with the day. And I I, I don't know if other, other people other than goalies can really appreciate (laughs) the importance of this, but I I wish I would have had it when I was playing. Oh, me too. Well, and it's funny because we were talking about pond hockey earlier. And, you know, even goalies, we grow up, we play pond hockey, we skate out. But, you know, a night like tonight, if I were a kid, I'd want to go out and skate around on the backyard rink. That's great for forwards. They can shoot pucks and, you know, put their passing boards out there and all of that. But as a goalie, you know, if we're by ourselves, we can't do much. I mean, Steve Carell had that great video years ago where he was the goalie practicing by himself. In fact, me and the kids last year uh, on the backyard rink recreated it frame by frame, just for fun. Oh, too funny. Um, so, I mean, 
that was always the thing as a goalie is we couldn't practice on our own. Well, now with Sense Arena, we can't, you know. And think about the habits. The habits that you can't do Sense Arena if your head's high. Mm-hmm. You've got to have that. You've got to be up over the puck. And you can't be successful at Sense Arena if you don't have your hands out. Right. If you got your hands back, you pull up and away on shot, you've got to fit box. You got to that box. You got to have your hands out in front of you. And that's really what's going to give you the ability to do well in the drills. And I was on the ice with, uh, with uh, Vinny today, one of the goalies at uh, BU and he just had to do his COVID protocol. So he was, he was uh, in his dorm room for the last five days. And so he grabbed the sense arena and he t- today was his first practice back. And he's like, Oh my God. I like my hands feel so good. They're just up and out taking space. And, and he thought how great it was that he had the yeah. Sensorinia um, for, for his time. Well, I, I, I haven't used Sensorinia, but my son has an Oculus and there's a, a very, I, I call it the poor man Sensorina where all they do is it's kind of, when you say the cannon drill, it's literal cannons where, but the puck's coming. But for me as a beer leaguer, I throw that on before a beer league game, and at least I'm getting shots from the point for a beer league warm-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally got hit in the head last night by one of my teammates um, in warm-ups, but it was his first game back since COVID started because our team took the whole time off. So I was like, all right, you haven't skated in two years. You weren't aiming there. And he's like, no, I was aiming for like low glove. I was like, you hit me middle head. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> Right <laughs> but it's like I, I throw that thing on before a game and I feel the confidence going out there that I, I haven't in the past, you know, but, you know, that brings up a, a good point. Well, a good discussion point, at least. Sense Arena is an amazing tool. And I think any young or goaltender who's playing competitively should have it. No, no absolutely. bones about it. But then you yeah, got absolutely. beer leaguers like myself, whose kids don't play hockey. I know a lot of beer leaguers whose kids do play hockey. They're either a goalie. Do you or know how many beer leaguers have it? Oh, I know quite a few. But I, I'm yeah, like at- I was before I started because I've always been an advisor. Like the last two years, I was an advisor. Now I'm the director of goaltending development for Sensorina. But I never realized how many beer league goalies had Sensorina. Oh yeah, they love it. They, they they just really enjoy the opportunity to get shots and do drills, and because they love goalie. Yeah, th- there's two reasons I don't have it, and I'll, I'll kind of say yeah, one of it's the, the cost, but I've got a good job, so the cost really isn't the issue. It's I know myself, and I work from home, and if I have that Oculus sitting behind me, <laughs> and the option to do a half hour of playing goalie versus a half hour of looking at spreadsheets, I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> right. right, <laughs> you know, right. That, if I'm being honest, that's the biggest reason. Uh, but I do know other, you know, beer leaguers. I mean, there's actually, there was the discussion this week on the GGSU Facebook page about um, uh, Sensorina and quite a few of them are going, ah, you know, it's a little much. And, you know, my, my thing is, well, if you got a kid playing hockey, doesn't matter if he's a goalie or a forward, get it for him because, you guys are now giving forwards the cheat code and letting them practice at home too with real life drills. But 
and because of the way the, the licenses are, you get two of them. So, you know, give your yeah. kid one, you take one. It, it's a no brainer, but has there been any thought for the beer leaguers of almost like a uh, sense arena light where they don't get everything, just more of like a game day warm up and, you know, a few drills here and there uh, at kind of a reduced monthly rate. Yeah, no, I, I the, we actually have a staff meeting tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Eastern time, 11 a.m. Uh, check time. But it's something I, I could definitely bring up. One of the things that is coming in April is the multiplayer. And that is going to be something at a, a much lower cost. Uh, it, it'd be, let's say, the gamification um, mm-hmm. aspect of Sensorina. And the cool thing is we could literally have our headsets on and play against each other. Yeah, I, I heard them okay. talking about that on in goal, and it's just an amazing yep. idea. I mean, so we, yeah, we could go goalie against goalie. Yeah, and let's say you know there's a shooter in Finland, and you could go goalie versus shooter and play in real time and compete. Yep. So that's going to be a, a window of opportunity for people to get a taste of what Sensorina is like. It's not going to give you any of the training and development because. I think what separates separates from you know, let's say a gaming company is the the drive is to instruct mm-hmm. to give the clients the subscribers the opportunity to get better and yeah. that's really the driving force. It's not to create a video game that someone pays twenty bucks and they they go hang out and play games. It, it's a vehicle in which in which to get better. So the multiplayer is an important aspect of that because I, I think it's so important when you train that you end with something fun. Yep. And, and my vision of the multiplayer is at the end of, at the end of the workout, you can then play the game. Yeah. I love it. And you know, it's just thinking back to when I was a kid, you know, I, I had a teammate that moved out of state well, if we both had the sense arena, we could still, you know, go skate, skate together. It'd just yeah, be yeah. virtually in, in different areas. And how, how fun would that be for, you know, kids and just kind of keep that connection. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. The NFL playoffs are here and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 to win and 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. 
One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, it's not just Sensorina that you're involved with, but you've also got the Stop at Game Day app, which I, yeah. I played around with. I think it's amazing. And having been a high school you know, coach where I, I handled the goalies, and uh, I wish I had this. Uh, you know, because so often, you know, I think a lot of head coaches who don't really understand goaltending, they just look at the shots against and they're like, well, we lost six to five. Why didn't they stop more shots? Well, we we could see just by watching the game that the goalie played great and it probably should have been nine to five. Well, now, now with this app, you're able to quantify it and, you know, really say, you know, yeah, they let in six, but it should have been nine. You guys got lucky the fact that you were even in the game late. Um, I, I think it's amazing, uh, but, but it probably wasn't very easy to accomplish and kind of bring to market per se, was it? Yeah, it took a couple of years. It took a couple of years to really get it to a point because I wanted the app to be able to be used live. Mm-hmm. And for it to be used live, it had to be intuitive. And that's what took me a while to where, where's everything going to be um, on the game page, right? Where's everything going to be on the goal page? So to have someone be able to use it and use it effectively. So it's a great tool for everybody from a goalie coach mm-hmm. to be able to walk in after a game. And let's say you're the head coach and you say, oh, geez, our goal is rebound control. I didn't like it. And I could go, well, it was really, it was at 82%. I don't, what don't you like about 82%? You know? Yeah. Um, So just because you saw one bad rebound and, you know, the ability for a goalie to get feedback because so many goalies, the majority of goalies go play a game and they leave and they get in the car and they go home and there's no feedback. Yeah. And what SIG Game Day does is it pumps out two pages of 100% objective metrics that are not based on opinion whatsoever. Yep. And therefore, and therefore you get an honest assessment of what happened in that game. And then you can draw some analysis off of that and start thinking, oh, geez, yeah, my my rebound control hasn't been very good in the last four games, or I've got to really work on my playmaking. It seems like every game I can't, I can't get past 80%, mm-hmm. um, which means, you know, eight out of 10 are positive outcomes. So um, I think it's, I think it's really a cool tool tool. And I think the biggest thing about it is there's so much talk about size Mm-hmm. Right. If a goal is not six foot three, you're not interested, that kind of stuff. It's the and dumbest thing. <laughs> what, yeah. What game day does game day doesn't know if a goal is five foot six or six foot four. Yeah. Like the, the app doesn't know the app doesn't know that, you know, if the goalies dad is the coach or owns the organization or is a former NHL goalie. And all of a sudden everything's going to be flowered towards looking good for that goalie. So it's a really objective way to look at it. The app doesn't know if it's the third string goalie or the starter who's supposed to play every game. Yeah. No, I, 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 as I mentioned earlier, my 
day job is actually an analyst. So the, the okay. fact that we can make things black and white and, you know, track progression, I'm like, this is amazing. And I, I'm kind of goalie. I, I put my GoPro up behind my net, you know, just, just for fun and, uh, you know, kind of watch videos. And I'm sitting here going, I'm going to, you know, it, it's super reasonable. It's what, like five bucks a month. I mean, how, how do you not? Yeah. Uh, well, that's what it was. It was, it, it was not priced for NHL teams. It was not priced for colleges. It was priced for the parent. Yeah. It, and, to be able to provide that for the kid. And one of the stories that, that not many people understand is last year I was in Arizona mm-hmm. and we used SIG game day in more of a beta version, but SIG game day. And we did every game that Corel Vemelka played in Bruno in the Czech League. Mm-hmm. So when it came to really understanding what we had for a goaltender, we had all these metrics to support me going to the general manager and going, I think we should sign this guy out of the Czech extra league. <laughs> and they're but, going, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm, but think about it this way. It's not me just going, I want to sign this guy. He's got a good save percentage or, or goals against because he plays on a good team, maybe, right? No. Right. This is what we see, and this is what these metrics are going to show us. Right. And and therefore, it was a big part of the equation of signing Corral, and he comes over from the Czech Extraliga. And I'm not going to tell you I thought he was going to play in the NHL this year. <laughs> I, I'd never tell you that. But we had some real good data to, to come bring with us to support why we wanted to sign this guy. Well, what I love about the app is, you know, the, the data it provides, I mean, it's data that's great for the sport goalie to the NHL goalie. It, Absolutely. it works for every, but the goalie parent, it's easy enough that they can confidently record games. Excuse me. They, well, they can record games and, you know, like I, I think of uh, my son's buddy, his little brother is a squirt goalie right now, and his mom and dad could be keeping track of Oren's, you know, progress from squirts through high school. All the way through, absolutely. And th- they could see where the dips and valleys were. And the great thing, you know, to pigeonhole it back to Sensorina, you get home after that game and see what you got to work on, you know, that Saturday afternoon game you were talking about, and you don't have practice till Monday – well, based on my two-page report, I know what I need to work on when I throw Sensorina on tomorrow. Here's the, here's the nicest thing, and the, the, the nicest comments that I get are from the parents that say, my kid can't wait to get to the car. <laughs> so they can see their report, and then we've never had as good hockey conversations that we have now. Because now, think about it. It's not dad saying geez, I don't think your rebound control was very good today. Yeah. Or, you know, you probably gave up two more than you should have given up. Now it's the app. So now the dad and the, or the mom and the goalie, now they're on the same team. Mm-hmm. They're just listening to what the app's telling them, and then they're going to talk about it. And, and it, it takes that angst away. And I feel like the same way as a goalie coach to the head coach. Now the head coach can, who do you think we should play, right? Yeah. Or, you know, how do you think they played? 
Now it's just not me saying, well, this is what I saw. Right. This is what the outcome of the game was. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, I thought he was great when his metrics weren't very good. I mean, it just, it's not there. Right. So it gives you that ability to really speak with confidence and to be fair about the assessment. And you think about youth hockey organizations. Unlike every youth hockey organization, every team's got to have one. Yep. Because when they get to the end of the year and they've got to decide, is Johnny going to the A-team next year or is Freddie going to the A-team next year? Yeah. Well, when you say, well, it's going to be Johnny, now you can say, well, it's going to be Johnny because Johnny consistently beats goal expectancy by half a goal a game. He's in the 70 percentile for rebound retention, his gloves always at the 80 to the 90 percentile. His playmaking is always in the 90th percent. Like now you can say to Freddie's to Freddie or Freddie's parents, this is why we're picking Johnny. Mm-hmm. Now I love data. So my question is, is everybody's tracking these games? Is the data saved on your end so that you, no. you know, okay. I was going to say, because I, I could see a benefit of that. So you could say, okay, uh, for this age range, this is the average expectancy. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of my kids and their standardized testing that they do in school. And we see, you know, they're either, you know, in the 79th percentile, whatever. It, it could yeah. be interesting to see where they fall, but at the same so, time, okay, so data the privacy that, I get too. <laughs> the answer to that is I don't want the goalie. Let's let's take the Toronto Marlies and Hanu Toivonen who uses the app. Like he doesn't want me to have access to his notes and his comments and you know that kind of stuff. Like yeah. So we don't want to record anything. And the other thing is when you come down to the metrics, all these metrics were done by me and my staff. Mm-hmm. So we did all these games, close to a thousand games, right? So to get the numbers for youth, to get the numbers for junior. So we did all those games. When you start using the metrics or the, the apps, the input from maybe you do a really good job and you're yeah. really accurate. Yeah. Maybe or, the next dad. Or my dad's in the stands after uh you know, going, going to the establishment that was above our rink and then coming down to do the game and he keeps getting interrupted. Uh, yeah, well, there you go. And so when you're doing the app and you're doing it properly, you have to be dialed into the game. Like you have mm-hmm. to be focused on the game. If you're trying to sit with the other parents and have a conversation and like, it's impossible. The app isn't for everyone and you need, there's an acclimation period to yep. learning. it. There's a learning curve that goes with it. The, 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 the parents that have done a really good job with it are the ones that go to NHL.com and they just go and they watch the highlights. So they'll watch a highlight, hit pause. Okay, what was that next highlight? Because the game recaps are all goals and saves. Yeah. So you can, see, you can just practice and then you get a, a, um, a sense of where all the buttons are. Yeah. And now you get used to it and then you go into the rink. And now you can, boom, now you kill it once you get to the rink. But it, it takes a parent that's going to stay focused on the game and is going to understand it's going to take me a few games to get the hang of doing this. Yeah. Well, like you said, I 
I'm intending to use it for my beer league games this year, just to see um, how good I really am because yeah. I, I make no bones about it. My team is not good, uh, <laughs> but I really like the group of guys. That's why I skate with them. So it's like, yeah, we're, we're not yeah. going to win many. Um, and, and in fact, I used to listen to the goalie by Garmin podcast that, you know, the short sure. five minute ones. And it was uh, one of his, early ones that just kind of hit home and made me enjoy the beer leagues more when he was just talking about worry about what you can't control. You can't control the fact that nobody's picking up the guy in the back door. Well, four of the six goals that were scored on me last night, that's exactly what happened is like, I can only stretch so far guys. I was there in time, but I can only stretch so far. Um, uh, So it's like, Okay, I, I wasn't mad about the fact I let six goals in. I was mad about well, that. The that's, that's the that key, went though, in. if you think about it. The key is you can play on the worst team in the league yep. and have yep. better stats on SIG game day than the goalie playing on the best team in the league. So you'll, you'll appreciate this. When I was in high school, freshman, sophomore year combined, we went 138 and 1 in league play. Uh, (laughs) so I I wasn't getting much support. It was on average 40 to 60 shots a game. Me and my goalie partners were seeing my sophomore year. Did uh, you mean to say you went one in 38, one 38 and one, Oh, one 38 and one. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Um, I, I wish I would, I wish I could go back and get the records, but I remember looking at the stat board, uh, toward the end of the season and I had the highest goals against average in the league, but I was in the top three for save percentage. <laughs> you know, wow. it's like, wow. it should not be like that. Um, it, it was you think about You think about ridiculous. a great example for me is Cal Peterson. Mm-hmm. So when Cal Peterson made his last year in the American Hockey League, he was in the bottom third in save percentage goals against that. And statistically, he was the bottom third. Like you looked... He was playing for Ontario, and they weren't a very strong team. Right. If you just looked at his save percentage and goals against and say, this guy's ranked 42nd in the AHL. How is he getting promoted to the NHL? And then you look at saves above average or goal expectancy, he's top 10. Yep. And, and, and like, it's really frustrating to see how much people weigh on goals against average and save percentage when we all know that so much of that is, is a reflection of the team you're playing on. If you really want to dive into it, dive into your goal expectancy or your saves above average. That's where, that's where you'll find out if, if you're mm-hmm. average or above average. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to be mindful of time <laughs> because yeah. th- this is what happens when two goalies start talking. I say it all the time. Is we, we just and I got 14% battery going here. There, so, um, so, <laughs> I got two two questions uh, to ask before I get to my – I ask every guest the same 10 rapid-fire questions. So before I get to those, first one is, you know, it's no secret, your son Joey is a pro goaltender. Um, yes. yeah. At what point, not as a parent, because I think parents, they ha- I call them the love goggles. They, they always think their kid's better than they really are. Um, or I, vice versa. Uh, true. Uh, you know, my parents, my parents still think if I wanted to, I could go play in Europe. I was like, I never had that. (laughs) I never had that shot, but I appreciate it. I I love that though. That's always that you could always go play in Europe. Well, I coached, 
I coached in Europe for six years. It's hard to get a job in Europe. Yeah. But I, I appreciate that out of them. But yeah. as a as a goalie coach, at what point were you looking at Joey going, you know what, this kid just might make it? So I've got a I've, I've got a you know a way to look at this, and that's a big part of the reason why I, I wrote my recent book there, uh, How to Be a Goalie yeah. Parent. And it was because you, you get so many different thoughts, and, and you get so many decisions to make with your kid. And, and so on and so forth. And, and part of that book, I, I tell the story where I get asked, um, is my son a division one goalie? Right. And I say, well, how many offers does he have? How many letters have you gotten? How many emails have you gotten? How many uh, the phone calls, uh, inquiries, visits? Like, like, let's talk about stuff that's real. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I always want to deal, obviously, from the app stand, I always want to deal with what's real. And what I always look at is, is a goalie, a Division One goalie? Well, at that point in time, are they on the path? That's what it comes down to for me. It's being on the path. And if you can stay on the path, then who the hell knows? Okay, do you know how many goalies get drafted a year? on average in the NHL? Not many, but What's still 21? quite a bit. Yep. 21. That, that may be 22 now because the last few years has been a little bit more, but, you know, it, it was 21. So do you know how many goalies on average make it out of those 21? Not many. Three. Three. Jeez. Yeah. On average, three will make it out of 21. Okay. So those are the – so if someone's going to tell you – Oh yeah, we're picking this guy. We know he's going to play in the NHL. No, I mean they're going on some probability there. But yep. at the at, at the end of the day, I think it's really important to see where you are right now and are you on the path. Mm-hmm. So, like here in Massachusetts, we have the CCM high performance, the tryouts at the end of the season where the kids are trying out to see if they can go to the national uh, development camp. And guess what? You get a pretty good idea where you fit in the food chain when you go out and try out against the other best goalies in the state. Right. So I think you're always looking to see, Hey, where do I stand right now? Am I in the mix? Cause if you can't get in the top 20, <laughs> right. Kind of tells you where you Hey, It tells you where you, and it doesn't mean that, if you're not the guy selected to go to the national camp, that you're not on the path. If you're in that mix of top goalies in your state, well, guess what? You are on that path. Mm-hmm. And you've got to use markers like that. Are our teams asking me to play in summer tournaments? Am I getting asked to go to this academy or, or this prep school or, or this, this private school, um, this club program? I, I think there's a lot of, like for me, I just say, go back to what's real. Take the, mm-hmm. the, it doesn't matter what you're seeing. Just deal with deal with what's real. And once again, going back to that app, that's the cool thing about it is, is it's real. It's, it is what it is. So based on everything you just said, uh, it dovetails nicely into the next question I have. I'm a Blackhawks fan, okay. and you happen to be coaching one of their draft picks <laughs> in Drew Camesso. How – how excited should I be about uh, his progression on the path? Yeah, so he's right where he needs to be right now. 
he's had like didn't have a great start to the season, mm-hmm. which was a little bit of a reflection of the team. It, it was taking a while to get all the pieces in. You can imagine with the COVIDs and the injuries. And, yeah, it's a crazy you know, Just time. a lot of, yeah. And it, it seems like, uh, well, let's say over his last 10 games or so, he just, you know, the team started to settle in. He started to settle in. And I, I think he should be excited. I don't think he's, you know, your Spencer Knight that's going to come up and, and go right from Boston University into the starting lineup yeah. uh, of Chicago. But he's on the path. Yeah, I, he's, I'm, he's doing the things he needs to do right now. I'm hoping they treat him the way they did Corey Crawford. And you used to see this a lot with NFL quarterbacks. You saw it with Aaron Rodgers where, you know, there's that development stage of three to four years where quarterbacks used to be the backup for four years and learn the pro game. And Corey Crawford was down in the AHL for, I think it was three or four years. As he yeah. learned that pro game and then we know, you know, what happened? He became a Stanley Cup winning and I think a severely underrated goaltender. Um, well, we just we just ended up circling back to the where we started, and that was pattern recognition. Yeah, right. <laughs> just getting experience, seeing things over and over again. And I'll tell you what: if you think it's easy to play pro hockey, like people are delusional. The challenges that go on. To play like everybody, oh, you, you, you got all the best uh, trainers and coaches and the equipment and this and that. It's a grind and a half. It's almost like Division One college hockey. Mm-hmm. The kids, they all want to play. Like I'm in New England here in Boston. They all want to play at BU and BC and UNH and the whole thing. And they have no idea that they've got to be a full-time professional hockey player and a full-time college student at the same time. Yep. It's a gr- these guys. It's a grind and a half, yeah, to be able to do that. And then you get to the American Hockey League, and it's it's not easy. No. It's not ideal whatsoever. And the, the the travel and and all the little stuff that 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 goes into if you want to do it right, and that's you know the all the extra stuff you have to do to take care of your body and the nutrition and the sleep and the equipment and then all the external things that you have to do as a pro it's it's uh it's it's not easy it's 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 someone's got to be mentally tough and you only get that through experience and going through it yeah and i agree with you a hundred percent just hey like take your time learn learn I, I i'm really excited uh for you know my son joey and you know getting the chance to play in the american hockey league and get some games he only he only had about 12 games last year yeah, because he was taxi squad and he was injured and the whole thing and you know so you need games you need to play games. Yeah, well and it, you know again that's where that sense arena comes in when you're taxi squad you, even injured you got a leg injury your hands still work you can still get those reps in. <laughs> you know absolutely where you, you can't necessarily go on the ice with the leg injury but you, you can still throw that Oculus on. Hey, so- you can sit on the couch. <laughs> and watch release after release after release with your feet up and you'll be processing all this information. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying, I'll be mindful of time here. I'll transition into the uh, 10 rapid fire questions. What okay. I love about these is I think you're my 65th guest. Um, actually, no 64th. Cause I've had Dustin Smith, uh, the 
Nashville e-bug on twice. Yeah, I've, I've um, chatted with him. Yeah, man. in fact, I'm, I'm supposed to talk to him and um, Kyle from down in Tampa Bay who dressed for St. Louis. I'm supposed to talk to those two guys again tomorrow. Cool. Um, but uh, I've asked everybody the same questions, and I'm kicking myself that I didn't start this sooner, but I'm now going back and uh, putting, because I'm a data guy, putting a spreadsheet together on everybody's responses to a number of these to see what the breakdown is. Uh, so the first sure. question is, what's the craziest coaching moment uh, from your career? Where a coach just, I, I like to use the uh, Mike Keenan uh, example of uh, throwing sticks on the ice at the refs or something like that. Uh, I was involved in a full out brawl in Ombre Piotta versus Lugano. And uh, I'll never forget this. John Sledval was the coach of Lugano and, in the middle of the brawl, things were crazy. Like everybody was fighting and then everything kind of settled down. And then all of a sudden he puts one foot up on the board and one foot on the bench and he starts yelling and screaming. So one of our players goes over and punches him in the chest (laughs) and it starts all over again. (laughs) So that would be my craziest coaching moment. How's that? That works. I I like it. Uh, So the next question, what's your favorite all-time goalie mask? Uh, Jerry Cheever is easy. That's why I became a goalie. That was a big reason and a big idol of mine. Yep, that is a very popular answer. Um, what's your favorite rink that you've played at? Jeez, uh, favorite rink? Um, the, let's say the, fa- the my favorite rink that I've been in, Bell Center in Montreal. Okay. Uh, I had a chance to go out there. We, we were, I was coaching for the Bruins, and my dad came. And it was it was pretty special. My dad at the Bell Center watching his kid on the ice at the practice there. Oh, that fun! Cool. Yeah, fun. Yeah, I, I think as a player, one of my uh, fondest memories it was summer between my junior and senior year, and Billy Zito was still a player agent, and uh, I, I grew up in Chicago, and so he he had a uh, skate there, and I would go to the rat hockey beforehand, and. Uh, Joe Corvo came up to me the one day. He goes, Hey, we need a goalie tomorrow. You want to come early? It's like, yeah. So I wound oh, up God. skating with them the rest of the summer. And as I like to joke, um, uh, Oh God, I can't remember the fellow's name. He's on spitting chicklets every now and then. Um, but he's from Chicago played in Winnipeg and he would go to these Billy Zero skates and Billy saw something in him. He wanted to play and, you know, getting him to play pro hockey. And I'm like, I was at those same skates and Billy never, never said me. anything to me. Um, <laughs> But, you know, there's all these NHL guys. My dad's uh, office with the fire department at the time was right across the street. So he would come over on his lunch hour and watch me skate. And I remember, uh, yeah, it, it was Corvo coming down full speed on a breakaway. And he just makes a deke. And I go into a full split save and stop him. And I just looked up and saw how excited my dad got watching me do that. And it's just like one of those, you know, sometimes it's not so much about us. It is about those parents every now and then. And I'll probably make them. Um, so the next question is what's your favorite stick that you've ever used? Okay. So I'm playing in Switzerland. I was an average puck handler. Uh huh. And one day I got a Ron Hextall stick with a big rocker. (laughs) And all of a sudden I could fire the puck. (laughs) And that by by far, that was it for me. Like I went from an average puck handler to a good puck handler just because of the rocker on the stick. Yeah, and he because. used what those Sherwoods, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's great. Uh, so, what's your favorite youth hockey memory? 
my favorite youth hockey memory, uh, I would say going to my first Canadians game. And then the next morning I scored five goals. I was a four. <laughs> oh, nice. Guy. I was so excited. I walked in and it was Canadians Leafs. And uh, I was so excited to play the next day. I lit the lamp the next day. Yeah. Oh, fun. That. Yeah. It's amazing. Hey, you can remember that. I, I can remember the first time walking into the rink, like and seeing yeah. the Montreal forum at the time. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I think Billy Crystal in his uh, one special was 700 Sundays or something, he talks about that first time going to Yankee Stadium. And, you know, yeah. and, and it's true with all of the old ballparks and stadiums, it wasn't the main concourse where you look down and you see everything as soon as you walk in. It was, you had to walk through that tunnel and it's so dark, then all of a sudden it just opens up and it's like, wow. And I, I remember the same thing, walking into Chicago Stadium for the first time and Back when I had Eddie Belfour on the podcast, I told him this story. I was a huge Belfour fan, you know, young goalie in Chicago in that time. And we get tickets, go to a game. I believe they were playing the Dallas Stars on New Year's Day, the last year at the old Chicago Stadium. And we're there early for warm-ups, and I see Jeff Hackett come up those stairs first, coming out of the tunnel. And I was so upset because I wanted to see Eddie play. And I told Eddie this, and he goes, I was probably upset too because I wanted to play. <laughs> but I, I did get to see him play later that year. I went to a few more games. It was just, you know, yeah, walking through that tunnel I'm, and seeing I'm that. I'm 57 years old. I'm 57 years old every time I walk into Fenway Park and, and walk through the tunnel and see the park for the first time. Like, like it, it, I still get a, I still get a jacked up over that yeah yeah you get chills or there's it's just something about it um so the next question is what's the best chirp you've heard uh in your time in hockey oh god (laughs) i can't think of one right now we'll have to come back to that one i think the best one that's been shared so so far was uh david hutchinson of uh in goal said he was uh at a camp with his son and the goalie coach looked at his son and said, you must be really good at dodgeball. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what is the worst post-game beer? The worst post-game beer, anything not cold. I I agree wholeheartedly. Um, Yes. So when you tape your goalie stick, do you go heel to toe or toe to heel? I go heel to toe. No, I go uh, toe to heel. Is there a reason? Um, I will tell you, I think I had a reason at one point, uh, but I can't remember. Now it's just habit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, I haven't played forever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went, I went totally heel. Okay. So, and that's, um, the, that's the main question that I started that spreadsheets, excuse me, see what the breakdown is. It's overwhelmingly most goalies go heel to toe, but there, there are, a few minority and what I've learned is it's mostly the goalies who really like to play the puck that go toe to heel. Well, um, yeah, but you think about it, you're going back to my day. We actually used to tape around the heel. Yeah, me too. So, so it may be different now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, some goalies barely even put tape on their stick. Yeah. It's probably different now. We're going back a ways. Yeah, well, I, I was having this conversation with another goalie, and, you know, we went over the heel because we were using those wood sticks, and that's where the water would just absorb in there, and you, you had to almost protect it to get a little more time out of your stick. 
I think I went heel to toe. I'm, I'm picturing, I'm visual, I'm got in my head right now picturing <laughs> what I'm doing. All right. I, this is going to keep me up tonight. You know that, right? <laughs> I do what I can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the next module in the sense arena is taping your stick then. <laughs> uh, so the next question, what was your favorite number to wear and why? So uh, when I was in Switzerland, my first year, I was number one. And uh, I re-signed, I had a new contract that very first year, signed a three-year contract. I was like, well, it was a guy in the league, uh, Ricky Booker, he was 55. And I love the double number. And I was like, he's the only 55 in the league. So I thought that was so cool. So I'm like, I want a number that I'm going to be the only guy in the league wearing the number. Mm -hmm. And I loved the fullbacks in the NFL. I just love those big guys. They, they, they ran for like two yards at a time, but yep. you know, they blocked, they were the big physical guys. So I went with 44 <laughs> and I that like was it. like a double number, signature number, fullback. That was, that was it. That was my signature number. The only thing missing was like that neck roll that the old. Oh yeah. The white neck roll <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that, it. That was the number. That's why. That, that was the backup towel when you weren't playing. Right. <laughs> and I loved, I loved the double number and I loved the signature that I was the only guy in the league for a long time with 44. I like it. It, it is unique. And, and you know, my uh, college goalie coach, he was asking me, you know, what's with goalies these days, you know, you have 88 and, 19 and all these is like I don't care what they are I just want to know the meaning behind it and you know I love it I think it's I think it's awesome I think why not like why shouldn't we wear some different numbers I mean look if the if the players like Austin Matthews start stealing goalie numbers well why don't we start using player numbers yeah yeah I mean when Dustin Bufflin was wearing 33 for Chicago it's like yeah I, I love Buff as a player, but leave our numbers alone. <laughs> hey, well, that's that's what I'm saying. You got these stars wearing goalie numbers, 29 and 33 yeah. and 34. Yep. So, um, so, so that was yeah. That's, that's my thought process. Yeah. Although on, on my team, I wear 39, and our uh, our team captain used to be a goalie, so he wears 30 out there. It's like, okay, that works. You're just an old goalie who can't can't put the pads on anymore. <laughs> Uh, so the last question I have is what advice do you have for young goaltenders? Oh. If you, if you can leave them with just one piece of advice, what is it? Yeah. Take the stairs. <laughs> Don't take the elevator. Elevator mm-hmm. is the worst thing that you can do. And, and it touches on what we were, we were speaking about earlier about Crow taking his time and, and just everybody seems to be in such a rush. They feel they need to play in the top league and on the top team and they need to get to this and they need to get to that. Just stay on the path. Just keep getting better every year. That That's it. it you know, just stay in the moment and here in, in mass, right? So we just got through the holidays. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what's going on with almost every club elite team in New England right now. Everybody's talking about next year. There's still like two, three months left in the season, but everybody starts talking about, well, who's staying, who's going, who's going to that team. Like this, everybody's such in a rush mm-hmm. to, to move forward. Take the stairs one step at a time and just keep on getting better, get more experience and get more callous because you, you need, you need those calluses to be a goalie and keep on, keep on building that up. Take one step at a time and take the stairs to the top. 
That that's great advice, and you know because it, it just it reminds you to enjoy the moment too. You're, you're, when you slow things down, you enjoy enjoy it so much more. Um, so, where can folks follow you on social media so that they uh, can keep getting some great uh, advice from you? I would say that that where I, I'm most would be um, on Instagram, the Stop It Goaltending Instagram site. We have about we have about twenty five thousand followers, and I do a daily primer which is a little goalie lesson every day for yep. about 30, 40 seconds. Yep, so I do them. my primers. And then on, on Fridays at noon, I do a little talk about what's, what's going on in the hockey community or the goalie community. And so I think that's, that's pretty much where, where you can find me from a social media. My, my book is on amazon.com, how to be a goalie parent. And the app SIG game day is on the Apple store. And Sensorina is sensorina.com. Sense it like body sense, sensorina.com. And there will be links for all of that in the show notes because, as we know, goalies, uh, we forget things easily. So uh, (laughs) we'll make it easy for them to find, especially if, uh, you know, you're in the car and want to check it out later. Uh, But, Brian, thanks so much for taking time out of your uh, busy day to to talk to me. It's been a treat. Uh, I, I think we could have gone a lot longer if, if we allowed ourselves. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? It's, well, thank you so much for inviting me. It was great to talk. Great questions. Yeah. Uh, great talk. I thoroughly enjoyed my time. I, I really appreciate it. I didn't want this conversation with Brian to end because it seemed every question led to more great advice for goaltenders of all ages but especially those younger goalies out there who are still trying to continue moving through the ranks as they chase their dream of playing in the NHL. If you're not already following Stop It Goaltending on Instagram at stop underscore it underscore goaltending for the morning quick hits, do so. You can also find them on Twitter at Stop It Goalies, all one word. Be sure to follow Sense Arena on Instagram and Twitter as well at Sense Arena, no spaces, and follow Brian on Twitter at Brian Decord, no spaces. You can always follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube if you aren't already, simply by searching for Washed Up Goalie. Visit washedupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some Washed Up Goalie or Tendy Talk apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop by clicking the merchandise link on my website. If you like this podcast, go listen to the BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show where a couple of beer league players talk beer league hockey, draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. Be sure to check out the full lineup of hockey-related podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are too many lists here, but shows like the Euro Puck Podcast, the Hockey Minds Podcast, and the Between the Whistles with Johnny Infamous Podcast can all be found. I need to thank the band The Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. I'm always working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. Let's not forget, if you're a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck.
Right away.